All right, babe, let's take a moment to correct our posture, take a deep breath, and have some pure spectrum CBD. Sure. Hey, sisters, CBD can help with acne, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, and so many other PCOS symptoms. I personally take it throughout the day to help keep my stress hormones nice and low. Not to mention, I sleep like a baby every night and I don't wake up fatigued at all. Now open your mouth, please, so I can give you a serving. Ah. Uh... Now hold it for 60 seconds. Head over to PureSpectrumCBD.com and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, for 10% off. Can I stop now? Nope, you got 30 more seconds. Did you hear about that sister who took Ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one? Incredible. I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and d chiroinositol This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body. But with women like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovacetol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing, so just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna Ready? Ready. All right, three, two, one. How do we start this time? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been such a How long has it been? Like two months? No, no. It's been like a month since we last recorded uh, episode for the podcast. I mean, for those that don't know, we batch record like multiple episodes at a time to make it easier. Also, at one point, we were scared that we, one of us might get COVID and that we can't record <laughs> the podcast. So we were so scared of missing a potential episode that we're like, okay, we're going to record two episodes at a time, you know, develop yeah. some sort of a bank. So just in case one of us gets the vid, we can just play that episode. But luckily, <laughs> fortunately, um, we haven't gotten COVID just yet. Who knows by the time you hear this, we oh, might, I mean, hopefully not. We hope everybody too is staying safe, but basically, uh, it's been like a month since we've recorded the podcast because of Christmas, all the holidays mm-hmm. and stuff. It's been hard to kind of find time. Honestly, even if we did get COVID, I feel like we wouldn't skip an episode. Like we would still record from our beds. Yeah. Like we'd something. be all sick and like, like, Hey guys, <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, either way, we hope we're committed, every- ladies. Exactly, we are committed. I mean, we haven't missed a single episode since the beginning of this podcast. So the only time where it wasn't a brand new episode where we did like a best of 2020 at the end of 2020, mm-hmm. which obviously I feel like everybody uh, does one of those. But besides that, we've been basically having a new episode every single week since the be- since the dawn of time yeah. of this podcast in 2020 19. of December. No, I'm sorry, 20, 2019, 2019, yeah. yeah. Wow, it's been a while. All right. With that said, 
we're going to talk about popular trends today, like the popular trendy diets with PCOS. But before we get there, I actually want to talk about something really uh, fun that Talia and I did just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, but I don't know. It uh, was in December. Basically, Talia and I went wilderness backpacking. That's right. That's Not right. Camping on a campsite <laughs> like an amateur. Glamping. <laughs> not glamping either. Not yeah, not glamping either because we've done those too. We went wilderness backpacking, meaning we just put a backpack on. You walk into the wilderness and you put your tent wherever you wish, and you just live in the wild with the animals. Not that there were that many animals. No, no, there was. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really exaggerating <laughs> yeah. what happened. but Before we left to the trip, I was sending um, gifts to my family of, of what is it, Snow White oh, gifts, in the wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, this is going to be me. She's like singing to the birds. <laughs> it was not that pretty. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, for those curious, we went to Joshua Tree and... Uh, if you know Joshua Tree has many different trails, they have some places where you can just do like a campsite with other people or you can just basically do one of those um, very long trails and basically you're able to sleep in the wild. So that's what we did. We went on uh, the specific trail for those curious. We went on the Boy Scout trail mm-hmm. in Joshua Tree. We kind of like we uh, hiked maybe like six miles into the trail. So like six miles away from our car. And then at that moment, we just basically set up camp and had a great day we basically slept just one night and then the next day we went back to our car like the six miles back and drove home Mm -hmm. but it was a really great experience because like one thing is with camping it's not just about like the exploration or like finding lands that you've never seen but it's really the fun you have of setting up the camp like Mm -hmm. putting your tent getting the food out getting everything ready i had like bought this like miniature like camping stove so you set it up you put like the stove on top we were making like sausages hot dogs like oh yeah having, let me like, tell them what i meals. made it was gluten and dairy free this was a pcos friendly camping trip yeah okay <laughs> everything was gluten and dairy free and we were reading pcos sos and yeah. another like PCOS. Book. I was reading PCOS yeah. SOS and you were reading uh, Jen the- Atkins blowing my way to the top. That's right. Yeah, you were reading that one. And then <laughs> I don't but, know, it was funny. but yeah, I made sausages and um, I baked potatoes before we went so that we could just like <clears throat> heat it up on the flame that what was it called? The gas flame. That you yeah, did. it's like a yeah. st- camping stove. Let's just yeah. call it that. Like you couldn't heat, you couldn't cook a potato on it. So I cooked it before we went. And then we heated it up there. It was delicious. Yeah, exactly. It was delicious. It was like those small things that you get to enjoy that you never get to um, feel when you're at home. Because like when you're at home, you take food for granted. You take, you know, your bed for granted. Because let me tell you one thing. The one thing that killed us was sleeping at night because oh. it was 35 degrees Fahrenheit at night. During the day, you don't feel it. Even though in the day it's like 55 degrees, you don't feel it because the sun's hitting you all day and you're walking. You get really hot. But at night... At night, it gets so cold, and Tallinn, let's just say Tallinn is not one of the elements. She, <laughs> it was like, I think it was like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. We're sitting, we're watching the stars, which by the way, the stars are so crazy Gorgeous. in Joshua. It feels like they're raining on your head when you're like looking at them because they're so like bright and they look like they're raining. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it's like 8 p.m., feels like it's 1 a.m. just because it's so dark, and Tallinn's like, let's go inside the tent. <laughs> I can't take this anymore. I was like, I can't do this. And it was early in the night. Yeah. 
you don't know how long nighttime is until you're living outside. True. I mean, we think that I feel like it's nighttime at like 10 because the lights are on and we're still doing stuff. Yeah. But when you're outside and the sun sets at six, like it's a long time to be dark and mm-hmm. cold. And I just couldn't take it after a couple hours. So we went back into the tent at like eight o'clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it was freezing. I had hand warmers. I had gloves. I had a thermal long sleeve and pants. I had a big down jacket. I was in so the sleeping bag. I was still cold. You were so layered up. And then even when you're in bed in the sleeping bag, it's still you feel that like cold wind coming through every couple of minutes. And you just like you can never fall asleep, deep sleep. You end up waking up every 30 minutes. Every time Talia or I move, we wake up the other person. And I don't know. Spring I think, is a better time. Yeah, I think we slept like a total of like three hours, which felt like the longest night over. Like we couldn't wait for the sun to come up just so we could get out of the tent <laughs> so and true. like get out of it, like just like be like warm again. Yeah. But anyway. But, but honestly, camping in the spring is probably more comfortable. And in PCOS SOS, Dr. Felix Gersh says to reset your circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. one of the best things you can do is go camping. You know, you don't have any electronics. There's no lights to stimulate you after it's dark. Yeah. And it's just really good for you exactly. to do like a camping trip. Yeah. And I would highly recommend it for anyone who who's thinking of camping. Camping is amazing. I, I would do it again, even in the cold. But obviously, if we have the opportunity, I'd rather wait till the spring, like February or March. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a lot better. But yeah, highly recommend it. Yeah. So we'll now, have a new podcast intro for like another podcast. We'll have a next camping trip to talk about. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, obviously this episode is not about camping. Okay, you know? <laughs> moving along. We're going to talk about trends and such for PCOS. A uh, quick little thing just to mention, we're actually live right now on Clubhouse. I don't know if you guys know about this app. Like this is not an advertisement at all. We actually just signed up like like a week ago. But I guess there's like this app, there's this app called Clubhouse. You basically can go live just like any other platform, but the, it's only audio. So right now we're live on Clubhouse audio only. Whoever is on there can listen to this episode basically live before we release it. So anybody who's interested, who wants to listen to our episodes live when we actually record them, like right now, you can download the Clubhouse app and find us there. I think it's like invite only at this moment. So I don't know. Again, uh, not an advertisement. No clue if this Clubhouse app will blow up. But if it does, we're starting there. We're there. Yeah, we're there. (laughs) All right. right. Um, So I should ask you, Talian. When it comes to PCOS and just in general, what is a trend? What is a trendy diet? So a trend in its definition is what's popular at a certain point in time. And so we're going to talk about some trends. Some of them were like really hip at one point, but some of them are actually really good for you. And, you know, it's not just a trend. It's something you might be able to incorporate into your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So we want to clear the air for some of these things. Some of them are good. Some of them aren't for PCOS. And, you know, let's start with the first one. Fasting. Fasting. This is one that we've heard a lot. Obviously, many people ask about fasting. What is fasting, babe? Fasting is, you know, we had a podcast episode on this and I feel like it's one of your favorite topics to talk about. So you're just going <laughs> to fasting? No. Give it, give it back to me. Is that what no, you're trying no, to say? No, no, no. I'm just saying like fasting is really good for PCOS. It's when you eat for a certain period of time and then you don't eat after that. 
And a 12-hour fast happens to be ideal for women with PCOS. Just to, just to clarify, I feel like that was a little bit confusing. Okay. Uh, it's when you're basically going a certain period of time without eating. Okay. That's like the most... Because <laughs> you said it's you eat for a certain amount of time and then you don't. Yeah. It's more about how long you go, out, you go without eating, right? Right. The general That's recommendations true. are like 12-hour, 14, and 16. So mm-hmm. like imagine you eat, you eat dinner, your last meal of the day at 7 p.m., And then you don't eat again until 7 a.m. So that's a 12-hour fast right there. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fasting can be great for PCOS. It's associated with reducing inflammation, reducing C-reactive protein, which is an inflammatory marker, and reducing blood sugar and weight. Mm -hmm. So these are all root problems of PCOS. And doing, you know, a 12-hour fast could be really beneficial. Mm -hmm. Um, We've talked before about like how you can increase your fasting, but it's not for everyone with PCOS. It could be actually stressful on your body. So for example, doing a 14-hour fast or 16-hour fast, I mean, that's a long time to go without food. But 12 hours is ideal. Yeah. So it can also reduce insulin levels and help with weight loss. So the the reason why is because you're not eating... um, after let's say 7 p.m and if you were you would be spiking your blood sugar you would be spiking your insulin right before sleeping exactly and that hormone is you know going to cause weight gain if it's going to be spiked up so often Mm -hmm. you get insulin resistance so you're reducing the amount of insulin you're spiking by fasting and just like having a whole period of time where you're not spiking your blood sugar yeah very ideal great explanation and yeah and fasting uh, can have its benefits, but as Tali mentioned, the more drastic, the more um, uh, radical you go with it, like the longer you go. So 12 hours is a good range, mm-hmm. but this when you go 14 or 16, for some people that might be too drastic, it can basically um, affect start to affect your insulin once you start to not eat for for that long of a period. But of course, you can start with 12 hours, see how you feel. If you feel you can increase it, and you can gauge how you feel, you can go uh, go from there. But of course. Uh, 12 hours is a good good starting point. Exactly. So these benefits are associated with fasting in general, not OMAD specifically. OMAD, what is that? So that's the next trend that we're going to talk about. Right. This is funny because people used to say OMAD on lives and we had no idea what it was. We just ignored it. Until like a couple of months ago, we learned actually the whole, all the details about it. But OMAD stands for one meal a day. One meal a day, which seems really restrictive to me. I would be such a Grinch. Yeah. I would have a hangry attack every hour of the day until I had that one meal. Yeah. And the idea is that basically people using the OMAD method, the idea behind it is that they're likely to lose weight simply because they're taking in fewer overall calories than they normally would during a, a regular day of eating. That's right. And, you know, keep in mind that... So you might be thinking like, what's wrong with that? You're only spiking your insulin levels once because you're eating once a day. Mm. But that's not true. Like that's not the way our circadian rhythm works. Our body works. Like we need several meals, three specifically. Sustainable fuel. Yeah. Or else our blood sugar and stress levels will spike and we'll be put into what's called starvation mode. Our, Our body will be thinking that we're starving and, you know, our blood sugar will rise and it still affects your insulin levels. Yeah. And not to mention when you're, when you're not having enough meals. So if you have 
your one meal a day in the morning, by the time the evening comes, you're so hungry, your body will reduce its metabolism because it knows that there's not enough fuel, reduces the metabolism. Instead of burning fat, it stores fat and focuses on how to make that energy last longer. So, I mean, the thing is with these, of course, it probably works for some people, right? That's where it gets tricky. But honestly, as a general... Generally, it doesn't, especially when women with PCOS are struggling with stress hormones. Once you kick yourself into starvation mode, you are disturbing a lot of hormones that affect your metabolism, your cortisol, your insulin, um, even your ghrelin, like your appetite stimulating hormone increases Mm -hmm. when you don't eat all day and then you eat once. So what happens is you're like starving. You just feel starving. You're starving. Your hormones are starving. Like it's just a whole metabolic mess. Yeah. It's possible that it can work for like for a lot of people, but you know, Again, with PCOS, there's insulin resistance, there's inflammation, there's mm-hmm. a metabolic dysfunction happening. Yeah. So those are things that probably uh, should not work with an OMAD diet. So, yeah. yeah. So you want to avoid those metabolic problems and eat three times a day. And especially when how it leads to, like, it's been shown that OMAD diets can lead to nutrition deficiencies. Oh, yeah. And we've talked about in the past how women with PCOS have higher chances of developing gallbladder stones because they're uh, more likely to turn to cutting out calories because mm-hmm. that's what they're told a, a lot of times in the doctor's office by trainers. They're told to cut calories, cut calories. What does that do? What does that do? It basically reduces your nutrition, um, the amount of nutrients that your body gets, which will eventually, which can eventually lead to gallbladder stones. So that's right. Can be another um, thing that can lead to that. Exactly. All right. So the what's next the trend. Next one. This was on TikTok lately. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't we, know if you saw. Yeah, we did a video on this on TikTok, but the next one is black seed oil. Mm-hmm. Black seed oil. It was like a huge trend at one point so yeah. many people were talking about it i I'm, it must be i have no idea who but it must be from one influencer yeah one person online who it. talked about it and yeah. then everybody started talking about it because it's been there for a long time like black seed oil is not black seeds or it's basically made of <laughs> cumin seed cumin seed has been out there for millions of years or uh-huh. like, you know, for thousands of years to human to available to humans it's not like we didn't know about it it's just one person starts talking about it exactly that's the thing with trends like one person starts talking about it and then it runs like wildfire everyone thinks that this is going to heal their pcos this is the end all be all and they like run with it but when we did that tiktok about it we kind of jumped on that trend (laughs) because it is good for pcos and we'll get into why but Many things are good for PCOS. Like there are a lot of spices and ingredients in the kitchen that you can use to improve insulin sensitivity and reduce inflammation. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's turmeric, there's all types of things. So I was like, okay, black seed oil, like, you know, just another great thing for PCOS, like nothing to go wild about and like drown yourself in black seed oil all day just because (laughs) someone on TikTok made it trendy. Yeah. Um, So we did do some research about it. If you wanted to incorporate this into your lifestyle, I mean, it's fun to try new things. Um, It's rich in antioxidants. It increases um, anti-inflammatory properties. And it can help stimulate hair follicles to grow when you massage it into your scalp. 
A 2017 study indicated that an herbal hair oil made of black seed oil resulted in hair fallout reduction up to 76%. Wow. That's amazing. That is really good. Definitely yeah. worth a try if you're having um, hair loss and mm-hmm. problems with that. Yeah. And then there was another study in 2017 that showed that black cumin seed oil um, over time reduced HbA1c, your blood sugar, um, by decreasing insulin resistance and stimulating cellular activity and decreasing intestinal insulin absorption. Nice. So it seems to be good for blood sugar control. Yeah. So it is helpful, mm-hmm. obviously, but it's like a supplement, right? It's not like the main focus of right. any person's basically the main focus of how they're going to reverse their PCOS, how they're going to reverse the insulin resistance or even the hair loss. Like it can be very helpful in those cases, but it's again, a supplement so you focus on your diet and then you the supplements are what basically help to supplement the diet yeah. just like they're called they're just like great things you can do throughout the day to push you in the right direction yeah your diet is like the biggest thing you could do yeah um but then supplements and lifestyle that adds like the umph. yeah and then that goes on to the next uh trendy trendy drink you could call it apple cider vinegar right very similar to how basically um people were asking about black seed oil um a lot of people for a long time have been talking about apple cider vinegar so it's a very common question that we get all the time can can apple cider help me can apple cider vinegar help me of course it it can it's a great supplement just like how uh, black seed oil can be and with apple cider vinegar it basically helps to improve insulin resistance in fact there was one study um, seven women with PCOS had one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar per day. After 40 days, four of the women resumed ovulating and six experienced a measurable reduction in insulin resistance and five had a decrease in androgen production. So obviously, all good things. yeah, all good things. We can see benefits and they say for the best results, consume one to two tablespoons per day. You know, you could put these in like a shot, you know, like a, like a take it, take it like take a, a shot, shot yeah. or put it on salad dressings or sauces, things like that. Or in your water. Yeah. And it's a great supplementary thing. But again, it will it's not the main focus of of basically your PCOS diet and lifestyle mm-hmm. because there's so much more that goes into it. Yeah. And it's great, though. Like we have some in the kitchen. We had just run out and we bought a bottle because I was like, you know, what? this is really like there's a study about this linking it with to PCOS and improving PCOS. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe I'll drink it sometimes in my water or like splash some on a salad. I mean, it's not I'm not depending on it for my PCOS weight loss journey, but I know yeah. that it's improving it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Make it like a, a consistent part of your diet by adding it to different things. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, like what really helps with instant resistance is your like your main, the main carb foods control, yeah, carb yeah. control, um, the portion sizes, like what, what I mean by portion size is like your ratio of protein to carb mm-hmm. to help with the sustainable energy. Combinations. So, combinations. Yeah. Where. That's the main thing. And then apple cider vinegar comes in as a supplement mm-hmm. to, to help boost those benefits. So it's like it really helps to boost all those benefits that you're already doing. Same thing with the black seed oil and such. Am I talking too much? <laughs> no, not at all. <clears throat> I just had to cough right when I asked. I'm sorry. I was just I'm joking. Like, <laughs> I don't want to clear my throat in the mic. I feel like it's unpleasant to listen I to. I mean, you could push it away and then cough and then push it. See? <laughs> You just have to learn some podcast etiquette. We're still new. I mean, it's only been one year. We're doing it yeah. in our on our couch, but you know, we'll get we'll, we'll get a studio. Later. We'll get to be just okay. like Joe Rogan, you know, <laughs> the Joe Rogan of PCOS. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one, juicing. 
What's your thoughts on this, babe? Juicing. Juicing. Okay. So I think that I don't eat enough greens. So that's why I started buying green juices from mm. Whole Foods um, to supplement my diet. And it's because I really don't get like four or five servings of greens a day, like maybe two. Like I put spinach in my smoothie and I have a bunch of greens at dinner. But like lunch, I don't have time to make a whole salad and do the whole nine yards. So I thought the juice would help supplement. But I mean, in college, I remember people would hop on these trends where they would just drink juice to help them lose weight. Mm -hmm. I even saw one of my friends pass out because of it. Her <laughs> like blood sugar dropped because wow. she wasn't eating. She was just drinking juice and going to the bathroom. Wow. And I'm like, that's not nutrition. Like that, you need calories. Like, mm -hmm. what are you doing? And yeah. Yeah. okay, so maybe you put fruit in the juice. I mean, that's not good for PCOS. You're mm -hmm. drinking fruit juice all day, like just to cleanse yourself and everyone's telling yeah, you let, fruits are so nutritious like yeah. it has no fiber when you put it in a juice form yeah you break up that fiber yeah. plus like of course fruits are very healthy but once you start to basically add up more than a couple of fruits into one single serving our bodies are not meant to basically absorb that much fruit because imagine when you're eating just one banana one apple in your hand when you eat one apple by the time you're done with it your jaw is tired your mouth is tired you don't want you don't <laughs> want to eat anymore so you only have that apple, you know, the, the nutrients from it, the sugar from it. It's all sustainable because you only had one apple. Now imagine you combine one apple with, another, with a banana, with some, I don't know, some uh, other mangoes, like other, basically yeah. you're combining four or five pieces of fruit. Now imagine Pineapple, if you- Pineapple, my yeah, God. Yeah, exactly. So imagine you were actually physically eating all of that. Would you be able to eat that? Probably not, right? Because yeah. you would get full, your body would not be able to continue because you get tired. So the juicing makes it so much easier to eat it, mm -hmm. but our bodies are not meant to because it's so much sugar, so much sugar for, you know, metabolize it metabolize it honestly i buy the ones without any fruit in it and you might be thinking ew like greens they're bitter they're not your your palate actually gets used to it you can train your taste buds so that you're not so appealed to um appealed is that how you say it you're not so like attracted to eating juice and fruity things mm -hmm. so you can actually get used to that bitter flavor um, I mean, it's not that bitter, honestly, especially if it has like cucumber in it. So I highly recommend choosing the ones with either one fruit or no fruit in it and just have them in your fridge to grab and go on days that you feel like you didn't have enough greens. Yes. Okay. Next, cutting calories. Oh boy. Boy, was this a trend in high school. Oh Everyone, it's still a trend now, yeah. babe. I mean, of course. Yeah. But you know, in high school, you're not like as educated about nutrition yet. And you think that yeah. it's calories in, calories out when it's really about your metabolism yeah. and what you can do to improve your metabolism so that mm -hmm. you can burn what you're eating, lose weight, look fit, whatever it, your goals are. Yeah. yeah. Cutting calories, they, you know, you can't sustain it. It's so restrictive. And the belief that the only way to lose weight is to limit how many calories you eat has actually funded an entire weight loss industry and turned many well-intentioned people into failed professional dieters <laughs> and has triggered eating disorders. Yeah. I mean, it was so in style at one point to be rail thin and like yeah. not eat. And then all these like, you know, and then that triggers eating disorders and, you know, people gain more weight even after cutting all these calories. 
And then these weight loss companies make so much money because they're like, well, you know, Jenny Craig, like just eat our meals and you'll, you'll lose weight, you know, and you just create this like psychological problem with, you know, specifically women, I feel like, um, with the dieting industry. So cutting that concept of cutting calories has really funded the dieting industry, wouldn't you say? That's very true. And that's what, like, as a, when you said failed professional dieters, you know, there's well-intentioned mm-hmm. people out there who are just trying to get better, mm-hmm. healthy, getting down to the root cause of what's happening to them. Yeah. And then instead, because of like the common misconception that cutting calories will help you lose weight or cutting calories is a healthy way of losing weight. They just hop on. They hop on that trend. Yeah, exactly. You know, calories in, calories out. Because it's so, for um, to the people who like explain that kind of stuff, it's very simple to explain exactly. it, right? Oh, you eat less, more comes out. But it's really not that simple when you're talking about a condition like PCOS, when there's a metabolic dysfunction happening, exactly. there's a hormonal dysfunction. The metabolism is not where it should be due to due to the insulin resistance, due to inflammation, stress mm-hmm. on the body. So how do you yeah. do that? You don't do that by cutting calories because cutting calories only adds more stress to the body. Imagine sisters, like imagine our ancestors, right? When they were basically um, starving, and not able to eat for long periods of time, which was normal back then, mm-hmm. what did their bodies do? Their bodies shut down their metabolism as a mode of survival mm-hmm. because the body realizes that there's not food coming in. So instead it focuses on conserving energy, conserving metabolism, and focuses on storing fat. Mm-hmm. So when you cut calories, your body can react the same way as our ancestors did when they right. were starving themselves because they couldn't eat. That was a that was their basically their uh, instinct. So our bodies have still have that instinct instincts in them. So when you don't eat for long periods of time or you cut calories, your body starts to realize there's not enough nutrients coming in. It starts to think that there's maybe a famine. You know, there's more stress on the body. All right, let's lower down the metabolism. Let's conserve energy. Let's make the body tired so it doesn't move a lot. And that's where a lot of the issues come with cutting calories. That's a great explanation. And when people find that they failed at cutting calories and they didn't lose the weight that they expected to lose, they hop on the next trend for weight loss or the the next like weight loss company that comes their way and you know okay cutting calories didn't work this 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 next 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 and then we have this like eating disorder industry like weight loss industry happening you know so honestly unless you're eating like way too many calories for your body and you cut back a little that's fine but like if you're eating a normal amount and you cut back and it's too little for your metabolism that's not fine Mm -hmm. so basically cutting calories tricky subject no need to be depriving yourself okay the next trend that i've been hearing in my dms it didn't personally happen to me but i've heard people say that their doctor told them having a baby will help PCOS and will you like won't have PCOS after having yeah, like a baby it'll basically have a, have a baby and it'll get better kind of a kind of a thing right and I'm like okay first of all many women with PCOS struggle to have a baby like what kind of pressure are you putting on someone yeah just have a baby it'll go away and second of all the PCOS symptoms can be passed down to the baby Like if Mm, you have inflammation, mm -hmm. if you have a leaky gut, if you have insulin resistance, these are passed down and your baby could get PCOS too. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like what logic, what sense is that to say like, ah, just like you'll be fine, go on birth control, then clomid, then have a baby and 
you know, your piece to us will be gone. Poof. Like yeah. all types of things can happen. Yeah. Um, once Absolutely. you deliver the baby. Yeah. And like, uh, not to you know scare anyone, but there are some, stati- some statistics, right? So, um, when you're with PCOS, when you get pregnant, you're the women with PCOS are three times as likely to miscarry in the early months of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And then also gestational diabetes, more mm-hmm. likely to develop gestational diabetes, which means diabetes during pregnancy. And, and then, preeclampsia. Yeah. Which is a sudden increase in blood pressure after the 20th week of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So these are just some statistics for, um, yeah. for women who get pregnant while uh, with PCOS. Obviously, PCOS is not something you can cure, right? We can't like completely rid everyone of PCOS completely, but you can reverse the symptoms. Yes. You can basically reverse Manage the symptoms. Manage them, control them. Absolutely, yeah. And give birth in a healthy way. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. There are many women who are who are able to give birth uh, with PCOS in a very healthy way without affecting the baby and such. And that's just by first focusing on the PCOS itself exactly. to reverse those symptoms. And then when you focus on the pregnancy after that, it's a lot easier and you don't have these risks um, as uh, as highly associated with it. Totally. And if you haven't listened to the podcast episode with Dr. Nadia Padiguana, she also talks about her fertility journey and how um, her in, she didn't resolve some of her problems with PCOS and then she got pregnant and you know some of her issues were passed down to her kids like metabolic syndrome yeah. and she had problems during pregnancy and so she talks all about how she her personal experience with this and how she helps her patients heal their PCOS before getting them pregnant and I think that's just incredible yeah Exactly. All right. So that concludes the most popular trends with yeah. PCOS. Yeah. So let us know um, in the on Instagram or anywhere that you follow us. You guys know we're on Instagram, PCOS.WeightLoss, TikTok. But let us know, like, which of these trends um, have you tried in the past? You know, do they work? Do they not work? And what, what were your experience with it? And before we go to the wins of the week, we're going to go to our hotline. If you're new, we have a PCOS hotline where basically you can call in. The phone number is one eight three three ask ask pcos the, the number is also in the podcast description. You can leave a voicemail that will play here, or you can leave a text message, whichever you prefer. So uh, today's voicemail is from sister, from this sister. Hi, guys. I love you so much. You guys have been so informational and truly and honestly the number one place I look for information and questions online and in my PCOS journey. I'm in my third year and just started moving to a more natural approach. I've gone Ozempic and Spirlatacone um, for androgenic alopecia for the last year and a half. I did lose 25 pounds being on the medication Ozempic, but I'm starting to see weight gain again and start plateauing. My huge concern is the alopecia. I feel like nothing is working. I did watch your episode about taking zinc, so I'm going to give that a try. Anything else you could do to help or suggest for severe energetic alopecia or hair loss would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much and love everything you guys do. Bye. What a sweet message. Yeah, thank you, sister, for all those kind words. Um, I know the microphone was a little bit uh, off with her with her call, but basically the sister in the call, she was asking about hair loss, how to help reverse it. And um, yeah, sounds like she's really struggling with extreme um, androgenic alopecia where, where you lose a lot of hair 
fast. And with that, you know, there's a lot you can do to help with hair loss. And it takes a while, like it takes six to 12 months Mm -hmm. to really see that hair growing back. And sometimes when you're in these extreme situations, it's important to go to the doctor and you might find that the doctor will suggest spironolactone or some type of medication to help you temporarily with this issue as you, you know, as you change your diet, your lifestyle so that your hair stops falling out. And, you know, of course, with these medications, these drugs, like they have their side effects and I don't suggest to be on them forever. Yeah, like you know, sp- if- spironolactone, just to know, like they say, if you're trying to get pregnant, don't take spironolactone. Yes. In, in fact, when they give spironolactone, they usually recommend going on birth control because it can actually create defects uh, yeah. in the baby if you get pregnant with spironolactone. So, I mean, for us, like spironolactone is not like we wouldn't like say as the first recommended exactly. approach because of those risks um no, but, but but when you go on it you should have an exit plan yeah. so that diet and lifestyle you're implementing while you're on it you know eventually when you decide to get off of it you will have naturally treated that high testosterone whatever is causing you to have high androgens yes. in the first place but you know to kind of cut your losses and like prevent more hair from falling out you might decide to go on things like spironolactone or something yeah yeah, and but always have an exit plan. Absolutely, yeah. Because the spironolactone, as we mentioned, has those uh, those risks. And there's also like, you know, the diet and lifestyle approach that you can do at the same time, like Ty mentioned, which is really um, focusing on the insulin resistance. We just had an episode on this, I think about a couple of weeks ago, called How to Reverse Hair Loss with PCOS. So it's a very new episode. So if you, anyone who hasn't listened, please go back and listen to that episode. But basically... We talk about the impact of insulin resistance, how it can basically trigger, uh, it can trigger uh, excess testosterone, as well as lower your sex hormone binding globulin, which mm-hmm. impacts you know uh, uh, the ratio of testosterone in the body. So basically, um, focusing on the diet, on the insulin resistance, can really help, and it takes about six to twelve months to reverse it. So um, really being be, being patient with the results you're seeing. So if you're seeing progress, that's great. Keep doing it. And six to 12 months, it may yeah. be completely reversed. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So All right. Uh, moving on to the last part of the podcast, one of our favorite parts is uh, the wins of the week. Oh, wait, we have our the DMs. We have DMs. I'm sorry. I totally <laughs> forgot about the DM portion. So what were the DMs about, babe? Okay, so I did a sticker asking sisters what were some trends that they've heard of for PCOS. And I just Uh wanted to hear what's out there. So, I mean, this will be brief. But Catherine Booz says, have a baby and everything will be better. Oh, my God. Literally the last thing we covered. I know. Heal Thy thy says, high fat, low carb. Mm. Okay, I like that one. That's kind of like a, that's keto, right? Um, it could be keto. It could yeah. be just like a, you know, a ratio that you're working with, yeah. you know, like a little bit less carbs and more fat, but it doesn't have to be keto exactly. Okay. Naturally, Tiffany says eating less than a thousand calories a day. Ooh, yeah. See, that's I've, heard I've heard that heard a one. Lot. Yeah, that's when I've heard. I've heard 600 cal- calories a day, which is crazy, but you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry I had to hear that, Tiffany, but yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully, um, Hopefully you listen hopefully, to this podcast. Yeah, hopefully you didn't <laughs> like that and you, you moved on to something that was more sustainable. Yeah, or you heard this podcast episode and <laughs> yeah. changed your mind. Sweetie says, eat only one meal a day. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> the OMAD. I, I feel you there. Totally feel you there. One meal a day. That's, 
I couldn't do that. No. Unless I ate like so much in that one meal that Still. I was sick for the rest of the day. Oh God, no, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Sycam- Sycamore Grove says lemon and apple cider vinegar cleanse. So I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a good. As we said, apple cider vinegar is is a great supplement. But the moment you start adding cleanses and yeah, detoxes no. into that whole thing, that it what, becomes the focus of the whole yeah thing. Whereas it's not the focus; it's a, it's a supplement. Exactly. Like the difference between I added apple cider vinegar to my salad, and. I'm doing an apple cider vinegar cleanse. Like there's a big difference between those two statements. Like exactly. one sounds like you're not eating and you're just having like a cleansing drink. And exactly. the other sounds like you're just having a lifestyle. Added it to your um, salad and you're moving on. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, JKD Home says water fasting. So I'm assuming that's basically not eating anything and just having water. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah, that would be, that'd be very hard. Obviously, you need food, you need nutrients. You know, water does have minerals and things like that but of course it's not enough to replace real food i would die so yeah um right. yeah now all the it's DMs. our favorite part of the yeah. podcast <laughs> now the wins the wins so if you're new every week every episode we like to select one or two sisters from the sisterhood from instagram that are managing their pcos managing their pcos symptoms you know losing weight basically showing pcos who's the real boss Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So the first winner is Dia Khan. Uh, I remember. I've, I've seen her name before. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name. Not her name. Her name. Uh, her win. Her message is one month and one week of gluten dairy free. And I have so far. And she puts in bullet points. Lost eight and a, eight and a half inches on my waist. Lost 1.4 pounds. Skin clearing up. No bloating. No fatigue. More energy. And no sugar cravings. Amazing. That's amazing. Wow. And that's just from one month and one week of gluten and dairy free. I mean, it just goes to show how much inflammation it was causing her, how much water retention, how much insulin um, spiking it was causing her and cravings, these sugar cravings going down. It just like goes to show that it's really something that was that she was sensitive to. And she only found out by cutting it out. Yeah. One month and one week. Yeah. Great job, Dia. And again, I, I remember her from, uh, from from our Facebook group. So great job, Dia. Awesome. Catherine Barrow says, she's also from the sisterhood. And her win is, I'm extremely happy. I started eating gluten and dairy-free a week ago, plus walking three days a week, and I've lost two pounds. Ooh. Finally, everything I eat is delicious. I'm not starving at all or killing myself with crazy exercises. This is just the beginning, but I wanted to share and send positive vibes. Woo-hoo! So awesome. Great job, Catherine. Love it. It's honestly, it, it just shows like what she's talking about here. I'm not killing myself with crazy workouts or starving at all. Mm-hmm. Just that's perfect because of all the things we talked about today with the trends, right? It's not about hopping on a trend. It's just about Focusing on the diet and lifestyle, getting down to the root cause, focusing on the metabolic dysfunction, hormonal dysfunction, and that's yes. it. Yes. Love it. I hope this was informative and inspiring, sisters. Yeah. And, you know, maybe there's one of these trends that are good for PCOS that you want to hop on that yeah. we talked about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Let us know. But thank you, everybody, for listening. Let us know uh, if you guys are going to go camping anytime soon. Maybe we'll join yeah. everybody else. Maybe we'll go on a camping trip all together. <laughs> It seems oh like oh my gosh, how fun would that be? I know. Restart your circadian rhythm with a PCOS friendly camping trip. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. That is true because That's it does it idea. will really help with sleep. We'll provide honestly. the gluten and dairy free foods. Yeah. Oh, I really <laughs> like this. 
<laughs> all right stay tuned for the camping trip then sisters <laughs> all right everybody thank you so much for listening we'll be back next week with an- another episode and we'll see you then bye bye if you enjoyed listening to this podcast you have to come check out the sisterhood it's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of pcos from stage one cold and alone at the doctor's office to stage five nailing the pcos lifestyle gluten and dairy free get ready to finally feel in control of your body again